Hello, past, present, and future ex-women and ex-men. Welcome to an alternative version of the Fun to Run Files. I'm your host, Alex Sear, and this week, I finally conceded to a little voice in my head that kept whispering, Hey Sear, do you want to make a podcast or just make excuses? So here we are. Before we start, I want to thank my colleague Michael Doyle at DXC for producing this podcast and helping me deliver content to you in a new and hopefully fun way. And in this episode, I'm joined by three prominent members of the current St. FX cross-country team. My first guest is Jane Hergett, a third-year nursing student from Port Williams, Nova Scotia, which is near Wolfville, if you weren't sure. Jane was the silver medalist at this year's AUS cross-country championship and also excels on the track. Earlier this year, she broke the St. FX records in the 600 meters and 1,000 meter races and represented X at the U Sport Track and Field Championship in Winnipeg. All this despite being just in her second year. My second guess is Paul McClellan, a fifth year business student from Anaganish, Nova Scotia, who just won the U Sport Student Athlete Community Service Award two weeks ago at the National Championship in Kingston. Paul also won silver at this year's AUS Championship and goes down as one of St. FX's most consistent racers. And my third guest needs little introduction. It takes him about as much time to run a marathon as it takes him to walk across tiny Antigonish, partly because he has achieved small town celebrity status in the Highlands of Nova Scotia, and partly because his marathon time is pretty quick. Head coach Eric Gillis is with us for the final segment, and we talk about what's new in his world of being a dad, a runner, a coach, and a farmer. So thank you all for your continued readership. I hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jane. I am here with Jane Hergett. How are you today, Jane? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You have made it home just recently, I understand. You were on the road? Yes, I came home for the weekend. Okay. And you have some kind of tire. You had to change your tires? Is that Did that happen or yeah, is that happen to, later? Tomorrow I'm getting my winter tires put on. Is there snow out there? Uh, not yet, but we did have snow last week. So I've kind of been getting nervous about getting them on before we get snow again. So yeah, yeah, a very real problem at this time of year. You can't, you don't want to bargain or you don't want to risk it and go too long without the winter tires. A couple of weekends ago, my parents drove all the way up to Sherbrooke to, to put the winter tires on my sister's car. So now I understand the struggle. Um, so hopefully that goes well for you. You're going to get some runs down when you're, uh, some runs in when you're down in Port Williams. Yeah, I like running like back at home, mix it up a little bit. So, are we good? Your Port Williams is close to Wolfville. Can you locate me a little bit? That's right, right? Yeah, it's like five minutes from Acadia. Okay, and you're there. You're from there, and Paige Chisholm is from there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. So you're going to be home for a little bit and then back to Anaganish for, I guess, three, four weeks before exam time. Um, has the indoor season training begun for you? Haven't done any workouts yet. Just getting back into running this week. Pretty low mileage, just easy runs. Mm-hmm. 
that grind of November. The days are short and the runs are short and then things ramp up soon. Um, when do you think you'll be starting workouts again? I think probably next week. Um, I haven't actually clarified with Eric, but um, yeah, I'm guessing we did like a week to 10 days off and then I'm guessing we'll do like a week to 10 days of just easy runs and hopefully workouts next week. I'm getting excited. Because mm-hmm. then the first race for you will probably be in early January. Yes. Yeah. Usually it's like the first weekend of January around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year is going to be kind of interesting for indoors because the St. John field house is opening or has opened. I should know this, uh, but is opening around this time, right? You guys are going to have some meets there this year. Yeah, so we're going to have um, one meet there, like in the regular season or whatever, and then we're going to have the AUS there as well. So we'll get on it twice this year, which is going to be exciting. It's supposed to be a pretty fast track, so maybe good for getting some standards or something. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a nice change from what we used to to, to grind through. So in my time, usually what we'd be doing, uh, we'd have the AUS uh, championship in Moncton, obviously, like we had every other year before. And I think the first meet of the year, sometimes we'd also go to Moncton and kind of separate our meets between Moncton and the Canada Game Center. But adding a, another track uh, close to home is, is definitely a plus. And then in 2000. 21, so not this indoor season, but the next one, I think St. John is hosting the U-Sport Championship. Yeah, they are. So that should be super exciting. I mean, if I get to go there, then obviously all my family can very easily come and watch. So that'd be really awesome. Mm -hmm. And you're in a good tear right now. So if things project well, I think you have a really good shot at being on the line. So by then you'll be in fourth year, of course, because this year is is your third year with uh, the ex-women and um, let's look back on the year that you had, because I think a lot of people became familiar with your name in the last calendar year. Uh, you just had some great racing overall, and things really uh, things really took off in, in the indoor season. So let's go back to early 2019. You were breaking St. FX records in the 600 and the 1K, is that right? Yes. And uh, I know that, you know, some of us old old farts where we're looking back at results and some people thinking, Jane, who's Jane Herget? Who is that? And some people were surprised by just, because usually people are on the scene for a couple of years and by their fourth year, fifth year, then they break the records, but you're in your second year and that happens. Now, um, take me back through that, that season. Did, um, did you expect to have such a progression? Well, first year, um, like I just really, took me a while to kind of get into like the indoor distances and I had trouble with my iron and stuff so coming into second year I was just super motivated to like have a big year and run fast um and for some reason I had like 250 for the 1k just in my mind that whole year um and I just for some reason was convinced that I could run a 250 even though obviously all of my races previous didn't show that I could do that, but yeah, I just decided that I could run a 250. So I planned on running one all year long. And then you did, and then you ran even faster. Yeah. So, um, I had a couple good races, but, uh, me and Eric wanted to ensure that I could be in that top 10 ranking for youth sports. 
So uh, one day he called me to his office and he was like, Jane, do you want to go to Boston next week? And I'd never been to the U.S. before. So I was like, of course I want to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, me, him and Angus went down to Boston, which is a super fast track as you probably know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I ended up running at 248. So that was super exciting. It got me like top 10 new sport ranking. And that was the race that I broke the record. So yeah, and that there's something magical about that Boston track. As I remember, Angus said the same thing. That's where he always runs as fast as three Ks. Do you, do you think it's the track? Do you think it was a combination of both? You obviously were in great fitness. Yeah, I think it's like the track and the energy because the whole stadium just full of people and there's all these schools that like from the AUS, like you hear about them like Dartmouth and stuff. But yeah, it was just really exciting energy. And obviously the track, it's a bank track um, and it's a fast bank track. So it's just good energy all around. Gets you excited. Everyone's running fast. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it's so uh, it's usually on flow track and everyone runs a PB. And I remember one year they had a bunch of people go sub four in the mile. Just quite the quite the atmosphere there. But uh, that's um, that's indoors. And then you go to Winnipeg, which was uh, where the U Sports uh, Track Championships were held. You finished top ten. Um, you really put your yourself on the map. But then after that. Uh, you may have established yourself as, as a track and field athlete and you had a bit more of a track background in high school than cross country. Am I right? Yeah. Um, I ran cross country in elementary and middle school and then I decided not to run it in high school until grade 12. Um, but I ended up spraining my ankle before provincial. So I never actually ran a high school provincial in, yeah, in high school. Right, so you're coming into the cross country, uh, I guess another cross country season, university somewhat blind without that much experience, and then this fall things go really well for you. So you go, you spend all your, um, uh, all your pre uh, conference championship races undefeated, and come second at the AUS championship. Uh, again, I think you surprised you surprised a lot of people. But when when that happened, did you surprise yourself? Yeah, so coming to this year um, for cross country, um, I was just hoping to get a good base for track, but also I was curious to see like if I could transfer some of the success I had on the track into the cross country season. Um, obviously, I'm not as experienced as some people with cross country, but yeah, it turned out better than I expected. I Going into this year, I was just aiming for uh, like a top seven finish at AUS. And then after the first few races, I was like, well, you know, maybe I could up my goal a little bit. Maybe I'll try for a podium. Mm. So, yeah, it was an exciting year. Yeah, just a, a good way to remember how to not uh, limit yourself, right, when things when things seem to be going well. And, you know, you said you dealt with some iron issues. I can definitely relate with that. I had some iron issues in my first year, so way back in 2013, 2014. And when, when things get figured out, it just – it feels so much easier to run, didn't you find? Yeah, I was talking to Eric after the Boston race when I ran the 248, and I was like, that was like the easiest race I've ever felt, like all of the races I had in first year when I was running like 20 seconds slower just felt so much harder. So it's nice to finally have like your health and your fitness and everything all come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for me, I felt, 
like there was even more of a difference in the longer I went because you know you lose your iron it's it's uh, seems to be more of an aerobic issue so did you feel that did you feel even more a positive difference when when things got under control in cross country yeah it definitely started feeling easier um I just yeah bad experiences with cross country in first year too but that could have also been just the transition to doing 8k from never really having done much cross country so it's hard to say but definitely it was it's been a lot easier this year yeah yeah it makes it a tough trend and that i spoke to paul mcclellan a bit earlier today and he'll be on this this podcast as well um just talking about the how brutal it is going from high school cross country uh, whether you've run it or not to just the university lifestyle is just a, a big change in intensity. Now that you're about a couple of years in, uh, in your third year, what do you think has changed as, as a runner for you? Uh, do you approach the sport differently? Um, well, I thought that I was serious about it in high school, but I really didn't know so much what I was doing. Like I never had a very serious plan. I didn't even own a running watch. So I definitely am more specific about my training now, but it's still the same in the sense that I just really like running. And my favorite part of the day is when I go for a run. So all that's the same. Um, and I have a lot more girls to run with now, which is nice because all of my runs used to just be solo runs in high school. Mm. Yeah. And now that you know you've, you've you're probably leading workouts and you're having good performances at races, I'm guessing you kind of find yourself in a leadership role. Yeah. So going into this year, um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. We lost a lot of our seniors, um, and I usually would just go off of them for cross country workouts. Like I didn't really know how to pace a tempo. Um, so I wasn't sure what to expect this year, but it kind of just like happened naturally. Um, I figured it out how to <laughs> how to pace cross country workouts, so it, it ended up being good. And then um, Zoe was injured for part of this year, but Paige was a really great workout partner. We would do all of the workouts together, so yeah, it was perfect. So in in high school, because you and Paige are one year apart, right? Yes. So in high school even though you didn't run as much cross country, were you guys training partners at all? Or would Paige kind of be more in the long distance and you more in the middle distance? So we were part of the same club in high school. So we had the same coach and we'd have Monday and Wednesday practices that we would both go to, but we wouldn't, sometimes we do the same workouts. Often they would be different or at least different amount of reps. Because in high school, I focus a lot on the, 400 while she's focused on the 15 and 3k Hmm. so you overlap barely not really but you and Paige knew each other so is that why you came and visited St. FX because Paige was already in her her first year there yeah it definitely contributed I contacted Paige and asked her if she could talk to Bernie and if I could come visit it was nice to have like an insider there and obviously I wanted to do nursing which there's not, uh, there's only a couple of schools in Nova Social with nursing programs, so. Oh, yeah. I remember this now. I think I was on your recruit trip. I don't really know what I was doing there. I didn't have anything to contribute. But uh, I think you and Paige were walking around campus and 
maybe I, I I was there for some reason. And I remember going to see Mount St. Bernard and it was just opening, right? Mount St. Bernard had been on campus for a long time, but then there was a bunch of renovations and now it's like a residence and has nursing classrooms, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I remember you were walking in there with Paige and I was there and I'd never walked in Mount St. Bernard and people, uh, before like um teammates that i had years ago told me it was this old crusty building that was half haunted and i remember walking in there and it was just so nice looking and so confused so is that where you ended up staying in msb and go to classes in there yeah i lived in res there first year and that's still where all my classes are it's actually a really nice building now i never saw the old one no yeah. yeah it's really nice now <sighs> I'd have to double check what the old rumor is. Maybe someone listening can uh, can clarify, but there was something about a ghost. Think, yeah, the blue nun haunts. The what? The blue nun. Yes, the blue. Okay, yeah, the blue nun. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I heard that story a while ago. You haven't you haven't seen the blue nun in your time there? I haven't, but I've heard lots of convincing stories actually of people who've had paranormal experiences that. <laughs> They say you're the blue nun. Oh, God. Uh, well, I was in Burke. No haunting there, other than some Mac guys who came and dropped some presents off every now and then. That's another story for another day. Um, but for now, you're a couple weeks away from indoor season. You kind of have a new trick up your sleeve now. You know you can run long distances. How are you going to approach the indoor season? Is there kind of a... Uh, a temptation to try a 1500 or yeah i've actually been debating whether i should do the 15 or the six um i i can't say i've actually decided yet but it's definitely been on my mind since the end of last track season whether i should make the jump um because yeah then i could train with Paige like she's doing the 15 but I also like the speed of the 600, so it's, it's been hard for me to make a decision on what I want to do. Mm. Yeah, I always thought that middle distance runners are the most valuable runners on an indoor track team for a couple of reasons. One is that it seems like less people run the 1K than people run the 15 and 3K, and on the other side, the 300 and 600. So you're kind of in a place where, you know, you may not have to fight off as many competitors to climb up on the podium. And then you can kind of go down to the 600, you can go up to the 15. You're very valuable for a 4x8, maybe a 4x4 four four if someone really twists your arm. It's, it's kind of, you're going to kind of have to get to choose. Because you've run a 1500 before, right? I did my first one this summer. Um, yeah, I actually ran two. One was immediately after an 800. Um, and then I ran another one later in the summer, which Hannah was and Paige were also in the race. So that was fun. Right. And what's your best 1500 time? Um, I think it was a 444 maybe. Um, yeah, I think so. So you could be quite competitive in, in uh, that race too. So yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, choice. It's a good problem to have to get to choose a race. Yeah, my favorite event is the 800 or the 1K. I feel like that's like the perfect distance for me. Mm-hmm. So 600 getting a little fast, 15 getting a little long, but I think I could be happy running either. 
And do you think you'll make the trip to Boston again this year? Uh, I'm hoping. I've kind of been putting it in Eric's ears that I want to go. So, yeah, hopefully we'll go. Um, we're getting to, like, St. John's will be a good track uh, to race on before AUS. And then there'll be some good races at the Canada Game Center. But I'm going to try and aim. We'll see. But I'm going to try and aim to get the 1K standard this year. So it might be a nice track to try and get that on. Definitely. And the, the funny thing about indoors too is if, and if people are following the U Sports indoor seasons as of late, they're aware of this, is there's a huge conversion, right, from flat track to bank track. So the assumption is that a bank track is faster than a flat track. So if you're running on a flat track, U Sports gives you a converted time. So, for example, if you run a 251K um, on a flat track, it may convert your time to, you know, a couple seconds faster. So then there's debate around what is actually faster, the Boston track, which is banked and doesn't give you a conversion, or the Halifax Canada Game Center, which is flat, but then gives you a good conversion. I don't know what you think. Was there a strategy last year? Um, not really. I don't know if I could say which one was faster because I had my best 1K at the Boston track, but then I had my best 600 that same weekend at the Canada Games track because I got a good conversion from that. So hard to say. Um, the Moncton track is obviously undersized. You get even more of a conversion. So maybe that could help you, but I thought it's really hard to run on it because of the tight corners. So. Yeah, I remember the Moncton track running a 3K on it and getting like a 12-second conversion or something ridiculous. But that that's true. I forgot about that. You had a pretty crazy weekend last year. You did the... You ran the K in Boston on the Friday? Yeah, Friday evening, I think. And then you flew back to Halifax and ran the 600. Yeah, so we watched. Angus had his uh, 3K Saturday, so we watched that. And then Sunday morning, I think, we flew back to Halifax um, and then drove from the airport to the Canada Game Center, and then I raced to 600. So I was coming off, like, plain legs or whatever you want to call it. But, oh, my yeah, God. Was actually, I kind of just was like, whatever, like, I'll run what I run, and it ended up being one of my best 600, so. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's quite the weekend. So now you are getting close to the track season. Had a great season last year. Cross-country season went well. What would be your main goal? What's the thing you hope to get the most out of this season coming? Um, I hope to stay like mentally and physically focused right up until new sports and try and uh, have a good race at youth sports and be more of a contender. Last year I was Top 10, which I was really excited about for second year. But this year, I want to try and get down to, you know, at least a scoring, like top eight. So, we'll have to see. But. And that's in Edmonton this year, I think? Yeah, mm. I think so. They, they call it the Butter Dome, a big yellow building. It's an interesting place and a pretty fast track. So, hopefully, um, hopefully you're there. And uh, if so, we're rooting for you, of course. Before we let you go, Jane, uh, once again, congratulations on great cross-country season. And uh, 
be following you in indoors. Thank you. And thanks for coming on. All right, we are here with Paul McClellan. Paul, how are you doing today? Uh, pretty good, Seer. Um, thanks again for this opportunity to be on your podcast, man. Oh, geez, no problem. It's nice to hear your voice. It's been a while. Where oh, where yeah. are you uh, Where are you joining me from right now? I'm just in uh, Schwartz Bus- uh, School of Business building right now. Um, just coming back, actually, uh, probably like 15 minutes ago. Coming back from an audit class and uh, here to ready to answer any of your questions you have for me an audit class so you're taking a class for no credit that's a student good for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) i gotta gotta get those credits man if i want to get a full-time job and uh, um get ready for the cpa program man Uh, so is life for you i guess right you're a fifth year runner you're done your cross-country eligibility you have one season left so real life is coming fast and has it sunk in that you are done running cross country with the X-Men. Yeah. Like honestly, when it came to you sports and crossing that line, it didn't really sink in yet. Like definitely on the runner's high, just trying to figure out like what went wrong and like, what were the positives to the race? Um, but as like the, as a week went on, uh, it definitely started to sink in. Um, definitely like, uh, a lot of, uh, sad emotions came up. Um, it's definitely sad that like this will be my last year to really compete at a university level and also just to make um, even uh, more memories with um, uh, my teammates too. And uh, because when it comes to like graduating from university, you just don't know if you can stay in contact with them depending on like where I'm living, what kind of job that I have and like what my uh, schedule is. So, yeah, no, that's a challenge that, what uh, what what keeps me going are the Facebook group messages. They always seem to work. <laughs> the best way to get keep, stay in touch with people. Sometimes they get pretty ridiculous, but they work. But yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, it you know when we overlapped. So for those of you who don't know, Paul came in uh, as a first year runner when I was a third year runner. So you came in in twenty fifteen, I believe, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. like uh, definitely going from high school to university was a big change, just because. When it came to my high school, there was only just like a few people who were just interested in getting better with running. But like going into that culture with you as a third year definitely was the big um, glass shattering for me, for sure. Because like all of you guys were so committed in trying to get in that uh, all-star spot for AUS and also get in that top 40 for U-Sports slash CIS at the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for any high school student coming into university is kind of an eye-opener just because of the, the, you know, there's... It's way more intense, but for you, you kind of had a leg up on the competition because you, as oh, an yeah. Antigonish uh, native, uh, you were able to train with Saint Effects as a as a young a young man, very young man. So mm-hmm. I kind of wrote about this in one of the newsletters. So I'll let you confirm to make sure that my story is accurate and sure, <laughs> tr- try to get the the take <laughs> from you. So I remember you in 2014, I think it was. So I guess you would have been in in grade 11, mm. ending your grade 11 in the in the winter. Um, coming for a run with us and someone had, it was probably Riley or Gabe or something. Gabe was gone. It was probably Riley Johnson had the idea to take everyone on a West River 
run, which was incredibly icy. And I feel every time I turn around, poor rookie Paul, 16 or 17-year-old Paul is on the ground. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that run? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was a nightmare, man. Like, I never knew you could even be on a freaking road that's goes for at least – 2k and it's just all ice like you couldn't look up man you had to keep looking down on the road just making sure that like you don't like slip and like freaking break an ankle or something man. anyway and it was like, pitch dark yeah. mm-hmm, pitch dark for sure <laughs> man it was terrifying but like dude even at like probably that was like one of the first times i actually uh first talked to you but like that that was definitely my that that day was uh the first time i like uh, trained with you guys and at first i was totally terrified of you guys like oh grade 11 going with a first year like university level like runners like i didn't think that at all that i was going to like um talk well to you guys just because i didn't know who you got were back then but like i have to say like you guys are a good group of guys and I uh, kept on like keeping me on my toes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I imagine, but and it's you know without d- despite that run, I remember when the we all came back. I think it was maybe Scott. A uh, few of us were talking. I think I distinctly remember Scott Donald, who was our captain for most of the time that we were there, saying oh, we we had a rookie. And he's a pretty good rookie, and mm-hmm. we decided to take him to West River. And anyway, it was <laughs> super icy and terrible. And you still decided to come to X anyway. So looking back, you're. You got one track season left. Do you think it was an okay decision? Oh, I definitely find that it was a great decision. Um, going like, um, I was like probably like tenth overall, like on the team. Um, but as like going through the and like talking with you guys, getting feedback, I had the opportunity to go from tenth spot to um, battling spot on the team so uh definitely like when it came uh, uh bernie selected me as the seventh guy and i was definitely very surprised and very honored um uh also too like um shout out to nick favero for uh running for uh, uh for the cis uh when it was in guelph ontario but like uh definitely had a lot of fun uh getting feedback from him as well um, when it came to even track season, man, like starting out my 3000 meter time, man, was like nine minutes and 20 seconds. Like it wasn't really anything. Definitely. Everyone thought I was not, not even a threat. Uh, <laughs> but, first, uh, meet I got from nine twenty to nine ten, And with that big of a PB, I thought like nine minutes, give it a try. So, uh, to like, for the next couple of track meets, like I couldn't really do it, man. Like I couldn't crack. Not that really like was putting down my spirits and, but talking to like Bernie about it, like he gave me a particular somewhat of like strategies to really, um, rest up the body and like also just test out a couple of like things and workouts. Um, and when it came to the final uh, track meet before us, I brought, uh, I bro, I got a time of eight minutes and fifty-five seconds. So, really, uh, very happy that I chose Saint Evex. Yeah, so you had a really good progression uh, indoors from year to year and cross country as well. And now you're getting to another indoor season. And the thing with indoor at Saint Evex is that it can get pretty bleak at times. We have a lot of strengths. Uh, the program has a lot of strengths, but what we don't have, or don't have yet, is an indoor track. 
and we kind of have to compensate with running around uh i think some nunnery sometimes uh, <laughs> in the middle of houses the we call it the settlement um sometimes it can get a bit bleak but i found at least for myself one thing that kind of mitigates that feeling or makes you feel good about indoors is when you approach it in a, in a new fitness kind of like you are right now so mm. are the spirits high in that sense oh totally man like when it comes to like running outdoors, like as you said, like the downside is definitely the weather. Like if it's super windy out or like if the temperature's around like negative ten degrees, you're definitely not gonna have like the best workout or even the best run, if anything, if you're trying to uh climb up build up your mileage. But what I found that's really big is just the mentality, man. Like running in that kind of weather, like it really builds mentality in a way that like you can push yourself to stay calm. Um, other athletes, they're just staying indoors, just not really like, um, just loving the warmth inside and just not thinking about the cold. But like, I find that like with that coldness, it definitely helps build a particular like mindset where I've run in negative 10 degrees. I should, and I know that it's painful and it definitely is uncomfortable. I should definitely be like running a PB when it comes to this warmth uh, type of indoor track, man. Um, if that makes sense anyway, <laughs> oh, Absolutely, I, but yeah, I thought the same yeah. thing. I used to give Will Russell from Dalhousie the gears because he'd get to run in the Canada game center and I'd be running around ducking by nuns and trying to not knock anyone down. Um, <laughs> I'll ask you the age old St. FX question. Are you a Bethany guy or are you a settlement guy? And I think people listening know what we're talking about. Oh, I definitely, I find I would like a settlement guy, man, just because like those, the particular roads, like there were times that like the roads were impossible to run in, but I found the majority of the time, like there was a, they kept the roads pretty well plowed. And I liked that there weren't that many like sharp turns or like a lot of like uphill that you could really like set into a pace and just, um, figure out uh be comfortable in a workout per se because like having like when it comes to like bethany as uh where the nunnery is like there was just like this hill that like definitely like it can help you like build uh yourself for sure but i just found that it just wasn't really helpful when it came to like trying to figure out okay like am i going too fast am i going too slow when it comes to like 400 meter splits or just 200 but that's just me man Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me it depends on the day, but that that uh, settlement, and I'm not, not even sure that Lee McCarron gave me the name of that the, I guess that the settlement oh, really? of houses, and I can't quite remember what it is, but uh, it's it's basically a neighborhood of of pretty nice houses, and there's a little serpentine type road that that uh, goes through the houses and and i think it was must have been bernie and kevin back in the day put down 200 400 600 800 yeah. 1k on the road and that's what we go by and i think the first 200s a bit shorter than the second 200 but it all amounts to, to about the kilometer so um, yeah yeah but that's 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 for indoors but um for now, let's go back to your cross-country season a little bit because you sure. had a really good season. Um, we tend to kind of hyper-focus on the U sports results when talking about a season, but I don't think that would do your season justice. You were mm. barely beaten by any AUS competition over the year. Um, tell me a little bit about how um, how this season was a bit different from your last ones. Oh, well, the biggest difference was just being like uh, uh, the one of the fastest guys, like not... 
like trying to catch someone, but more to say like trying to stay in the lead. Um, one of our rookies, Jacob Benoit, he was uh, bringing a lot of energy to the team and also a person named Graydon Staples. Uh, when it came to workouts, those two like kept right close to me and there were times uh, that they were even ahead of me in workouts as well. Um, and even like with that, that definitely gave me a, like at first, like people would think, like ask me the question, Paul, are you a little bit threatened that these guys might be the faster than you this season? And definitely like that crossed my mind at times, but what more majority of it was that I was very excited because like having these two guys, like seem that they're comfortable in these particular workouts and going at that particular speed, like made my uh, hopes up that we had a, uh, another shot at, uh, uh, winning the AE West banner and uh, beating Dow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, when it came to, like, the first meet, like, St. of X Invitational, um, Jacob Benoit actually beat me in the race. And uh, by, like, possibly, like, 10, 15 seconds. And I was at, like, a high mileage at the time. But even still, Jacob um, had a really great race. And more and more, that just made me really excited about how what this team was going to shape into me when it came to AE West Championships. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So as the weeks progressed, I was um, increasing my mileage um, more and more until when it came close to interlock, I got up to, say, probably like 130 kilometers. Um, as soon as that happened, uh, I went back down to like, say, 100 to 105K. And um, running in Montreal really gave me a lot of confidence that uh, running that kind of mileage was a good idea. Um it wasn't like going to bite me in the ass. Sorry for the language there, Sarah, but like <laughs> that, like, man, Paul, maybe you are building up too much mileage. Maybe your uh, legs can't really handle that. But coming 11th overall out of like, say, possibly 140 runners really gave me a lot of confidence that I was on track and that um, I was uh, looking forward to AUS for sure. Yeah, and that interlock race was great, and yourself and, and Jacob proving to be a great training partner despite his young age, Jacob being born mm. in 2000, so that makes him 19. Um, yeah. You guys get into AUS, and this this uh, training partnership slash rivalry culminated in the AUS championship when both of you made the podium, so you finished second, and Jacob is third, pretty close margin between the two of you, mm. but what I think people kind of noticed when they looked at AUS results was that you were not that far away from the win. And go, going into the season, I think the consensus was that Andrew Peverell of St. Mary's would be the clear oh, yes. winner. And then oh, it would yeah. just be a dogfight for second place. But, you know, I think you kind of gave him a go. So was that kind of what uh, what you set out to do with the AUS championship? Go for the win? Uh, well, like, definitely. Like, when it comes to a championship, you can't just... Um, there's never... An, like, it's never impossible... Uh, to think not impossible but more to say to say that like you can't just like let that out of your mind saying that there is a possible chance that you could win AUS um definitely when it came to Pevs like Pevs is a a one hell of a talent man like coming um like 19th this year and last year he came 18th like he definitely um knows how to train and he has one hell of a talent man um and the, um, he knows, uh, like, definitely with that kind of, like, um, placement, it, that, like, we're just not, like, we definitely produce, we can definitely produce uh, some major talent in our conference, for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, setting out into that race, like, I wanted to see how f uh, close I could get to Pebs and see, like, if I, like, um, could 
uh, test out his wheels. But as soon as like the first kilometer went, he went on another gear. Uh, definitely like uh, training uh, the 1500 meter for the majority of the summer really helped him. Um, but yeah, like as soon as the first kilometer went, he was like probably 20 to 30 meters ahead of me. And then he gradually made that gap even more. So like, I'm just happy that like I, uh, uh, had the mentality to see if I could uh, stick with him. But as I said before, Andrew's a one hell of a guy. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get around 345 speed. He's, he's got that, that, um, there's that capacity. It's, it's tough to hunt down, but I guess you put one of, uh, Coach Eric Gillis's tenets into effect. Be curious. Everyone says that. Be curious. What's what's that all about? I'm talking Eric later. What's the whole be curious thing all about? <laughs> well, pretty much like when it comes to Eric, like Eric's the type of guy who you can easily talk to, and like he'll definitely like try to um, uh, change up the workout just to fit your particular needs. If you if you feel like your leg is bothering you a little bit, if there's if it's close to getting a particular injury, just because like. Um, what Eric wants to do at the end of the day is just make you as fit as possible for AUS. Um, when it comes to being curious, like Eric doesn't really tell you exactly what to do for the workout when it comes to pacing. Um, say at the start, like, okay, like I want you to feel comfortable and just go for it. And if say that that doesn't go to plan, say you go a lot faster, upset about that at times um he definitely wants you to like experiment restricted by him saying all right i only want you to go 320s for a tempo pace he wants you to if if you honestly feel good for a particular day like going down like the 310s or like even 315s he won't get angry at you he'll just be very uh, pleased that like ask questions like did you feel comfortable did you feel like you could handle with that pace uh uh, you sports like you could build up go to 130 kilometers and just be uh pretty fit and feel confident but when it comes to you sports like anything can happen in that man anything can happen so having that curious mentality if you feel good go for it don't make excuses yeah be curious, go for it, don't make excuses. Just a perfect mm. sentence to combine the two coaches that we've had <laughs> over these yeah, last yeah, years, yeah, yeah. Coach Bernie and Coach Eric. <laughs> that should be the same effect slogan. Uh, so you mm. mentioned U Sports, and we talked a bit about this before the interview. You went there, you had just a bunch of good races in your legs, and things just didn't quite go uh, the way you hoped on the race course. Mm. Um, take me a bit through through that race. What was going on in your mind? Uh, at the very start, like, the plan, like what was going through my mind was just of how, um, at the a quick start for sure. Uh, my plan was just to really like get into a comfortable, like a comfortable pace, but also I wanted to like not be too far back with the particular placement that I wanted to be. Um, definitely the goal was trying to get into that, um, possible top 40. Um, and I thought like at the first lap I positioned myself quite well, but, um, when it came to the second lap, I thought I was at a good pace, but I was seeing that a lot, like uh, a lot of runners were like passing me or, um, trying to get into their positions as well. And throughout the race, I was just pausing. Well, don't panic and uh, try and move up if you can. Um, I have to say too, sir, that the terrain was 
pretty muddy and very slippery. Like the turns were unbelievable. For a couple, like people slipping inside. Only like that was a little bit of a uh, uh, scare for me. Just uh, when I came to those turns, not to um, slip and slide pretty. Um, but yeah, when it came to down to the third and fourth lap, like my legs just felt pretty exhausted. It just didn't feel like they didn't have that much juice. So um, I just uh, kept up and just try and um, stay comfortable. And also just if you honestly, well, um, definitely when it came to the last 60 meters, didn't expect uh Hudson Grimshaw to be uh, so close to me and also Isaac Hall, but uh, they definitely had a good kick at the end and I'm pretty proud of those two for uh, uh, having uh, uh, last 60 meters. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Hudson Grimshaw, Surrett from Dal and Isaac Call from UNB. So it ended up being a pretty uh, close race between the three of you. Um, true, true. But, you know, for for every yeah. uh, tough tough experience there's a silver lining you uh actually took home quite a, an impressive honor at U Sports so you were the national uh U Sports community service award winner so congratulations yeah thanks very much yeah did, did you expect um, that to happen like Leo or Eric weren't um uh, notifying me at all about that they didn't let me know about that uh, I honestly when it came to win community service award I was very honored um uh, and when it came to the U sports, I honestly did not think I was in contention just because, um, competing with like, uh, people from OU, OUA and like Canada West, I thought that they would have a lot better opportunities, um, of, uh, community, but, um, it was a big, uh, big surprise for sure. Uh, <laughs> definitely like, uh, with, um, when going up to, uh, handlebars at the time. Uh, and like the night before, uh, definitely a couple of people on my team were just like questioning, Hey, Paula, you think you're going to shave that off? Stick with it. <laughs> and honestly, I, I was just, uh, very detri- felt that it would make me a lot faster on the race, tr- on the cross country trails and, um, before the race. Right. So we, it cut a little bit, but I'll, I'll summarize. So the lesson is Paul had uh, some big handlebars, uh, big handlebar mustache when uh, taking <laughs> home the award of uh, National Community Service Award winner. So the takeaway is that you can have pretty greasy facial hair, run fast and be effective in your community. So for Paul, true, I true. congratulate you for that. And uh, I'll end it here with uh, I'll throw you this final question because you're okay. you're a business student. You've had a lot of you've you've had a lot of work experience already. You've worked in I think Stellarton before. You've worked in Halifax and with one one uh, semester left at St. FX, what's what's life looking uh, like for Paul afterwards? I actually, uh, just this past September, got a uh, offer uh, with an accounting firm in Halifax, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, The name of the accounting firm would be uh, BDO. Uh, They're actually situated in Dartmouth. And um, um, it makes me definitely excited. Because um, when it comes to that, uh, they uh, were notifying me that... help support me uh with the funds with the cpa program um which uh what that stands for is just uh charter 
program. Uh, it's like a two and a half year program. And uh, you need that if you want to do like a, a, a big audit per se by yourself or just um, to give your own um, personal opinion on uh, after helping assisting with uh, uh, accounting services for a particular firm, uh, a company per se. Um, and yeah, like right now, just the most difficult part is just trying to find a place to stay. If I want to be in downtown Halifax or in Dartmouth and if I want to buy a car or not. So <laughs> those are all decisions and you'll probably be running a bit with the road hammers in the future. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Aaron's a one hell of a coach and, uh, he definitely knows, uh, he knows his stuff for sure. Awesome. Well, I wish you good luck with that, and I'm very sure that we'll run into you in Halifax sometime soon. Now I have to let yeah. you go because I have to make a call to the coach's office. I'm talking with Coach Eric, um, and uh, we'll have him on the podcast as well. But uh, for now, Paul, once again, thanks a lot for being on, and uh, good luck in the indoor season if we don't talk soon. Yeah, thanks, dear. Thanks for the opportunity. All right, we are here with Coach Eric. Gillis. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Alex. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Eric, where are you right now? I am in my, my office, 217A Amelia Saputo Center. Are you sitting down? I am. Okay. I had to check. So it was a couple of years ago, I think we were on the phone, you and I, and we talked for about a good 45 minutes, and, and you had some, some pretty long, long um instances during which you were talking then I was talking we had a good conversation and by the end of it after 45 minutes you said something like well Alex and in, in, in this tone well Alex it's been good to talk to you um it's it made the run go by a lot faster and I remember thinking what the heck this guy's on a run and he's not winded at all this guy's insane so I just had to check and make sure you weren't running this time I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I have done radio interviews while on the run, and um, they picked up on that and ran with it uh, and loved it. So um, I was, I, I, uh, I'm not running as much these days, so I, I don't have the, the um, occasion, I guess, to uh, chat on the phone as much while running. All right. I remember back then it was it was basically a time necessity. You had to double, you had to multitask. So. Yeah, no, I just remember being being taken aback by how I did not realize there was no no windedness to you at all. So, um, yeah, that was. I, I guess we won't have to deal with that this time. You have more more time to uh, do every every um, separate thing. So I'm guessing things have quieted down since the cross country season a little bit. Uh, it's actually uh, I learned I learned this from from Dave Scott Thomas in Guelph uh, that his busiest week of the year is the year after a championships. Uh, and that is holding true for me as well. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a lot of those little tidbits of um, things that I, I picked up from my time being coached by Dave and being around there that, uh, that is helping me. Uh, we've got a, an indoor meet with speed power coming up uh, on Saturday, November 23rd. Uh, so entries for that and logistics, um, working on that. So it's, uh, it's steady. Yeah. And there must be a bit of aftermath from the cross country season. Have you spent some time kind of analyzing, talking to the athletes, uh, dissecting it a little bit? Yeah, I've had a few people pop by. I've yet to uh, put out my my Google Doc and get them all in for a one-on-one. Uh, that's coming. A lot of it is uh, stuff that I 
put off until after uh, youth sports and um, whether it be paperwork, email, um, those types of things that uh, just take uh, that that you can put off until um, after an event like that. And uh, getting to those is 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 my office job right now. Yeah, and just the, that's just the coaching. All other things aside, so it, it makes uh, it makes a pretty busy lifestyle for you still. Now, the people in the St. Effects community, I think they, they pretty much know what you're up to, but let's play a, a quick little numbers game in case uh, some people don't. So give me a number for each question here. Hours per week, you're in a coaching role. I would say five to seven. Number of children you have. I am... At three, <laughs> I'm still stuck on the first question because uh, I don't know uh, when I'm in the office. I don't know if I'm coaching or not, but I would say just being uh, out there, um, that five to six thirty window when athletes uh, are all have no class. That would be at my five to seven. Five to seven. Number of children three. Number of chickens you have. <laughs> it was a hundred, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we went for ten, and we got. We ended up getting a hundred more, um, took over a little cooperative thing, but that's dwindling down to maybe 80 now. So you, you go for 10 and then you get a hundred. How did that happen? Yeah. Somebody was moving and, uh, and they said, Hey, do you want to take over our little egg business? And, uh, we, we of course said yes. And, uh, <laughs> it's been, it's been nice. We have had eggs, um, whenever, uh, well supplied with eggs and uh yeah something to uh an extra bit of work on the farm so that's three okay three children a whole bunch of chickens uh number of animals in total at the farm 80 chickens plus four goats a horse three cats and a dog okay we'll do some quick math and number of miles per week on average right now we're looking at probably 50k a week yeah so that's a lot and i have to commend you on it you you balance all of it so well it seems um you're now three cross-country seasons under your belt um right because 2017 2018 2019 three yeah three cross-country seasons can we now stop referring to you as the young coach or the new guy would you say the training wheels are off i would say they are yeah for sure i'm second second time around on most things and uh i'm knowing what to what what to look for when i'm completing that thing the second time around uh, knowing the important stuff about it so it's uh it's i'm gonna say easier but i also know that um it's it's a lot of work and that's um that's i know what i'm in for this time around so it's not always um easier that way mm-hmm. And I think we did an article with you a few years ago, and and I think many people did articles with you because it was a cool concept of, you know, a runner, a lifelong runner now is becoming a coach. And the I think the narrative was mostly, you know, I'm I'm here to learn. I'm looking forward to finding out what this is all about. Um, now that you got the experience, is is the coaching exactly what you thought it would be? Uh, it's not, but I've never been in this role before, so um, I. I also tempered that with knowing that I'm not going to know exactly what it's going to be like. So I try not to have 
too many expectations when I do. I talk myself down from it because uh, I've, I, I'm more and more realizing that it is very similar to running in I did for I did that running for such a long time that um I would wake up in the morning and feeling like uh I had a to-do list that was uh you know was was because I wanted to be the best runner I could be and for the first half of my career I very by by 9 a.m that to-do list of what I was supposed to do I'd already done 10 things or missed 10 things that I was supposed to do. So uh, once I tackled the expectations of having to do certain things, because that's what people do in these positions and just allowed them to happen uh, more naturally and move through the day, take it as it comes and have some, uh, you know, some, some objectives through the day, but really take them in and, uh, deal as I progressed through the day. That is something that I'm taking more and more into my coaching now, and um, it's a totally different to-do list. Or you know, trying to uh, focus on the process rather than the outcome or the have to. I'm supposed to do this. Uh, I'd like to take it as a I'm looking forward to doing this. I get to do this, and um, uh, I wasn't expecting to do this but I'm doing it now and uh trying to do it as well as I can that's easier said than done that's my I feel like I'm gonna spend years perfecting that um but I'm more and more realizing that it's actually quite similar and the one thing that you know I find fascinating about your running career and um you know that kind of rings true for other people who've run so much, you know, I got to talk to Krista Duchesne a couple months ago and read cool sat. And it's, um, there's just an incredible level of passion that goes into the craft. I mean, if you want to run 200 kilometers a week, there's no way around the, the fact that you're, you're going to have to like it. Um, so assuming that, you know, there's quite a bit of passion in, in your, in your running, how was it to, um, how was it to transition that into a whole new thing? Was, was it easy to pick up a new, um, day-to-day uh, pursuit um, or was it hard to kind of take all that running passion and translate it to something else how are you making that transition I to be honest I found it difficult um, with the running I did it for so long that I eventually got to a place where I simplified it enough that I could do it and uh, feel confident that when I put the work in it was going to get me um, pretty close to an outcome that um, that I was thinking of. You know, I was in the ballpark. I had these measures of how uh, that I could expect to um, to hit and then expect to perform a certain way, and really had a comfort in that. And um, I, I like to say I knew the mechanics of it. I knew how it was. Um, I knew how that uh, end result was formulated, and with coaching, I've really, uh, I've witnessed it for a long time. I haven't been in the driver's seat, so uh, transitioning to that is much different, and, and also one is just a lot more um, physical, and there's just different uh, emotions and, and endorphins that come with uh, 
running 200 kilometers a week that I don't get with coaching, but also with coaching, it's something that I looked forward to for such a long time and wanted to do. Um, now having the opportunity to do it, um, I really feel fortunate to be in this uh, chair and experiencing this. So it's um, it's it's just much different, and maybe coaching is, is a bit more spread out over a longer period of the day where running was um, a bit more intense at certain times through the day, and then it was really turning the brain off. Where coaching, you're, you're always kind of keeping the brain um, engaged so that um, so that things can get done. Right, and I guess one difference too might be just the the fact that with coaching you you deal with a lot more variables. I was reading this book uh, by David Epstein. It was recommended to me by Scott Donald, who um, was our captain back at St. Effects. Actually, the book is called Range, and in that he makes makes a lot of arguments. But he touches on something called kind skills and wicked skills. I think that's what he calls them. And kind skills are. Uh, you know, skills that you do without much change in the environment. So in this case, perhaps running would be more of a kind skill. You go for a run, you go for a run, versus wicked skill is when the environment changes. That can be, you know, a wicked skill would be, for example, dealing with people. And that perhaps is um, represents this situation a bit more, right? Because you, with coaching, you're dealing with people a lot more often, and, and it seems like no two days are the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the people... Um, the people really make it, you know, make it great. And that's why I did move to Guelph uh, with the running, you know, doing the running bit uh, solo is not so much fun and, in, 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 you know, completely not, not engaged within a club. So, um, so I did have that, but it was, yeah, it was less of a, it was more of a, a social, whereas now it's, um, yeah, dealing with people on a, um, assisting them on a on the journey and being involved with them uh on that you know i'm a coach there i'm often dealing with athletes uh and many different athletes and then some that are doing really a a, a different sport in, in in the track and field world uh so being flexible to kind of take in what comes each day is something that um yeah when i wake up and i have my um envision of what I should be doing it um, it doesn't always go well with uh, with what really happens that day so being being flexible helps yeah important uh, an important skill that comes with coaching and I remember um, we were talking about this a while ago with just this you getting into a coaching role and I remember you mentioning that one thing you wanted to work on was recruiting um, you commended Bernie, I remember, on, on how great he was at recruiting. I could attest to that myself uh, when I was grade 12 and met Bernie at Point Pleasant Park, and he made me feel so important. They were just there, all the St. Effects people around their big tree and, and the tree that we still take every year. And uh, I thought, my God, this, this, this guy can really get people in. Is that something that you've been working on? Is that you, have, you find, have you found Bernie's secret? <laughs> I have I, I've definitely picked his brain on a few things and that's been beneficial. Um I think Bernie was true to himself. He was a great um you know, he was comf comfortable in his own skin and he uh yeah, he, he was consistent over many, many years and really was a great recruiter and a people person, like he can talk to anybody. So I mean, being comfortable is one of those things that I 
um, I set myself up for trying to be in my own skin. And when I'm talking to, um, you know, whether it's an athlete that's on the team right now or, or recruit, uh, I have definitely had conversations where I felt like, oh, I was putting on, I was just trying to be somebody else. I was trying to put on an act, trying to impress. And I might have got through it, but it felt exhausting once I hung up or once I left that conversation because I wasn't being myself. And my biggest impression from that is just like, oh, that is not sustainable. I can't, <laughs> I can't fake it. Um, so more and more, I just, I, I try and connect with folks on, on things that they find interesting and I also find interesting and that, um, that is real trying to be, trying to be that, you know, happy, um, finding a happy middle ground that where we, we both get to chat about, um, about what's happening. True. It, it must be a tough middle to find because, you know, on one hand you want to be, you want to seem better. You want to seem like you can offer something better than all the other coaches somehow. So you kind of feel like you're putting on a performance, but on the other hand, you want to be real with the athletes. You don't want to tell them things that aren't true. And yeah, no, it, it must be a, a pretty difficult thing to do. Um, you were uh, at U sports last uh, two weeks ago and uh, you kind of got to see the best in action. Um, let's talk a bit about, about that. Um, your, well, okay, first, I think in cross-country, it's kind of weird because when the season is done, we tend to hyper-focus on the final uh, result, the final U-sports race, where in reality, the season is, is much longer than that. Um, I, I, can, I don't want to talk for you, but I'm guessing that uh, the team was probably a bit more happy about the results uh, before U-sports than the result at U-sports, but... How can you kind of step away from it and evaluate the season as a whole without just looking at one race? One th one thing I have been reflecting on is the progress that individuals have made. And when I look at, uh, you know, it is a team, seven seven members that get to race at U-Sport and then a bunch that are supporting those uh, seven um you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, everyone's supporting each other. And I look at the progress that a guy like Luke Gallant made this year. Um, he was at U-Sport last year, top. He was in the top seven race and was a guy that just um, his rookie season um, had uh, had his best race of the year, the first race. And then by the end of the season, um, he was hanging on, you know, rookie, just um, loving the fact that he was going to use sports, but really just there because, um, you know, he was able to reach that level earlier in the season. And this year, the consistency was fantastic. Um, he was hungry. He was, he was a different athlete at U-Sport this year. So that was really cool to see in his second year. Uh, another athlete like Brianna Sandlock, um, she didn't make, uh, she was not on the top seven team last year, and this year she's been a consistent top five uh, runner for us, and she was at U-Sport, um, you know, hungry and ready to go, and um, she's made uh, big gains, and really, when I, I kind of, I did break it down after the season and looked at uh, individuals' uh, progression and where they were last year compared to this year, and as a whole, everyone's either maintained or got better. And, um, you know, sometimes when you lose, when you lose your two best runners on both men's and women's side, um, sometimes we can replace them and teams do. And sometimes that becomes a little tougher 
to do. Um, this year, we got better, just didn't quite reach the, the level that last year's teams were at. But um, we're moving in the right direction. And I really can't ask for anything more than than individuals, um, than seeing self-improvement, seeing individual improvement um, from year to year. Like that's that's the way that uh, Sandovex is going to get better. And it's an exciting time because though a few runners are leaving this year, you got a whole lot uh, coming back. So like you said with, uh, with Luke Gallant's example, you know, someone runs U Sports for the first time, uh, gets to see the level of competition, the depth of the field, just, just gets to race in a race where there's so many people. And once they kind of have that first one under their belt or maybe a couple under their belt, they, they come back stronger. So maybe that's something to take away from this year. What um, what do you think they, they really took away from the championship, the men and the women? Uh, so it was on the set, it was on the same course as the year before and everybody ran, everybody that had run the year before um, and was back again, ran personal best time. So we did run faster. It was maybe even arguably tougher conditions this year, a little muddier and windier. Um, so we're moving forward that way. Uh, we, take, we take away a lot of respect for the U sport as a league. It's, um, it's a competitive deep league that has a lot of really good runners in it. We're going to, we're going to attempt to step up our game as a, as a program to, um, to be competitive at, at U sports. And, um, yeah, uh, some reflection is good when, when we come back from, from a big meet like that and, and the reflection that I hope the athletes are taking and I will chat with them individually about this is that um, to look at the whole season as well and see the progression that they made and um, and that really we're in a good spot moving forward. Because mm-hmm. I think on paper when uh, at least myself and the other running nerds around town looking at the, the rosters in August and September, um, I think there was kind of a consensus that Dalhousie was better on paper. They had the runners with better PBs on the men's and the women's side. And then as season went, you know, progress, it turned out to be, well, this is going to be a two horse race. So I think there's a lot of merit in that and, and giving Dal a really good run for their money at, at uh, the, well, both at us championships. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. It was an enjoyable year to um, see that, see that progression that the athletes made from September 1st through like the end of September and have um, a really good race at home, um, especially on the women's side where they, um, where they competed with Dal and, and finished ahead of them. And then guys just a couple points back. And then the guys had a great interlock race where they were just ahead of Dell. Like that was, that was a lot of fun. We enjoyed that as, as a program. We enjoyed that as a team. Dell has, we have a lot of respect for Dell. We have runners that uh, like Catherine Thompson, who, who are now were at X and are running for them. They've got a great coaching staff and um, it was, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie in July. I, I thought, you know, can we, um, can we compete with them this year and give credit to the athletes uh, on our teams? They, they stepped up and they said, yes, we can. And they did for, for the season. And um, yeah, we, you know, the couple of bigger races with AUs and U sports, we weren't able to um, get that, get that team finish that placed us ahead, but we were, uh, we were knocking on the door and uh, we had a shot and that was, um, 
that that gave us a lot of uh, extra um, motivation for for getting out there and trying to perform as well as we can. Yeah, so a lot of positives to take out uh, or take from this season. And now we're in the third week of November, so I'm guessing you are gearing up for or the athletes are gearing up for uh, Dalhousie track uh, meet at the Canada Game Center. Is that the thing yeah? Yeah, the Athletics Nova Scotia is putting on the meet. So they host uh, every event there. Um, Our distance runners from whoever ran cross-country took took, uh, seven to ten days off completely, and they're easing back into it now. But we've got a whole group of uh, sprinters, jumpers, and throwers that have been training since, since day one in September, and uh, they're hungry and uh, to get their first meet in. We have 21 athletes competing this weekend and a couple of middle distance athletes as well. Um, so I'll be going up to that and coach Jody Langley will be there as, as the, the, the main coach with, the, with all these athletes. Good. And on the cross country side, we're getting to a time where it starts to get snowy. The track sometimes is covered as a coach, uh, are you more so team settlement or team Bethany? Where where are the where do the athletes train when they can't get on the track? Ah, uh, yes, I've heard a lot about those. Um, we have not trained at either one uh, since I've been back. Oh. Yeah, so we've switched it up a bit. Um, Bethany, they've torn that down, so we actually that was not an option. They had blocked off the road. They did. I knew a, there was some construction around there, and I wasn't sure what was the latest. Uh, okay, I see. So we do, um, as everyone, most people know, the, the facility management crew here is really good at clearing off the track. And, mm-hmm. and if that's ever too icy, um, then we had to, we call it Leo's Loop. So Leo McPherson, uh, he's got uh, a loop that's just outside of town um, where he lives. It's a quiet subdivision and uh, just off West River. And it's about 1K is the loop. So we've got 200 and 400 and 800 marked out there. Uh, one side is a little bit darker than the other. So we've got headlamps that uh, that I purchased for the team last year, and they'd signed them out. So that's been a nice addition. People are running all West River now in the evenings with the headlamps. Um, uh, it seems to be, I mean, I know when I'm wearing one, it uh, I feel more... Uh, at ease that cars can see me and and I can actually see where I'm going to. So between the track and Leo's loop are the two go-tos in the wintertime. Oh, nice. I've never, I've been to Leo's ones before, but I've never been on Leo's loop. I'll have to go check that out next time I'm there. And as for the, the uh, lighting uh, solutions, a lot better than what we had when I was there. We had a couple vests, a couple uh, 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 reflective vests and a couple lamps, but we just stuck them all on Warren Ferguson and hoped that he'd run in front of the pack. He, he was kind of our mule. Um, so maybe better to separate it <laughs> with a separated into a few, uh, a few lighting people in the team, probably a better method. Um, so now you got about two, three weeks before the athletes, students go back home, I guess three, four weeks. Will there be many workouts or will the team workouts start a bit more after Christmas? Yeah, November 25th, I guess. Uh, Monday, we'll start workouts again. And uh, we'll have a regular workout schedule on Monday, Wednesday, Saturday morning. Through exams, they're not mandatory, but I will send out the workouts to the uh, to the crew and they can get them in if they're not able to make the normal times. And um, 
and then I'll continue to to feed them workouts through the Christmas break. That's a that's a crucial one with us racing the second weekend that we're back. So um, similar to cross country, really, as soon as we get back to school, we start racing, as you know. And um, yeah, it's um, it, it comes pretty quick. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get a good little base in before they up speed work before they head back to home over Christmas. And as for yourself, uh, do you have any plans for the holidays? They're coming up quickly. Oh, to take a couple of days off um, is uh, is a plan that uh, that I'm gonna stick to, and just yeah, spend some time with the family. It's been uh, my little guy's birthday was yesterday, so um, uh, Luke turned six, and uh, he's got a new monster truck. So getting some <laughs> remote control monster truck. So. Get some, get some time in playing with him. Didn't get him some Nike Vapor Flies. <laughs> nothing, nothing that fancy. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, happy birthday from me. And uh, other than that, Eric, I'll wish you all the best to yourself, to the team. That's three cross country season under your belt, and uh, looking forward to see how indoor goes this year. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate the chat. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you for reading fun to run files throughout the fall. If you want to keep getting information and the latest news about the St. FX X-Men and X-Women, be sure to subscribe fun to run files.substack.com. Again, I'm Alex Sear. Till next time.